Force ghosts have always been such an interesting concept for me. After the end of Return of the Jedi, we never saw them again. It always made me wonder what could force ghosts learn in the netherworld? What new abilities and powers could they progress and is it really just another dimension, kind of like the living, but with doors that allow for grander powers to be unlocked? Well, today we will get to learn of something along these lines that will open many eyes. In the making of The Return of the Jedi, a constant theme I keep seeing within this book and the dialogue between George and his team in regards to the story details and characters is that there was such a deeper explanation of the powers and abilities of everyone as you may or may not have seen in my previous videos regarding the making of books. Now with George, he loved to go into the nooks and crannies of all of his characters and for today's video, we're going to talk about this power that he was going to give to Obi-Wan. It's a pretty weird, overpowered ability, but it just shows you how powerful a force user can become once they transcend into the netherworld. I got a lot to say about this, so let's get right to it. What is it that Vader wants? Vader's plot is to convert Luke to the dark side, make him an ally, and then topple the Emperor. At this point, he and the Emperor want to turn Luke to the dark side. I don't think Vader would care whether he turned Luke to the dark side or if the Emperor turned him, because he feels that once Luke is turned, he can use him for his ally. The Emperor and Vader are in total agreement about what's going to happen. They both want to get hold of Luke. They both want him converted to the dark side. The Emperor to replace Vader, and Vader to replace the Emperor. They are perfect bad guys. Wouldn't Vader want to get to Luke before the Emperor for that reason you just stated? Before the Emperor can get to Luke and throw Vader out? Let's just say that Luke goes to the Emperor and pretends to become part of the dark side. Another way to get around this is to imply that Ben can cloud the mind of the Emperor. The thing I like about that is it makes true what Ben said before sacrificing himself, when he says, I will become even more powerful than you can imagine. The way he becomes even more powerful is that he becomes a part of the Force. In that way, he's able to short-circuit just enough of their visions so they don't quite know what is going on as much as they normally would. They think that they do, and that's more powerful. He could distort the future. So this just changed the game for Obi-Wan's power level and what's really achievable when you transcend into the Force as a Jedi. Now Kenobi has the ability to not only live forever as a Force ghost, but to actually distort and short-circuit the minds and premonitions of the most powerful being in the galaxy, who ironically enough, did the exact same thing to the Jedi decades ago, albeit when he was alive. You remember when Yoda said, The dark side clouds everything! Well, now the light side clouds everything. The only difference is it took Obi-Wan much longer to learn it and he had to die in the process. No Jedi could have done this while alive. They would have to sacrifice themselves into the Force and die in order to manipulate the Force itself, hence becoming more powerful than you can possibly imagine. It shows you that while the dark side may not be stronger as Yoda said, it does get you there faster, which is what Yoda told Luke on Dagobah during their training in The Empire Strikes Back. Now, of course, I should mention that Palpatine was insanely way more powerful compared to Obi-Wan Kenobi in both terms of talent, work ethic, and just sheer ability. The dark side was more seductive in the sense that it takes you to the level that you want to go much faster and without as much control or training in a sense, we could say. Maybe even different training is a better term, but it all comes at a price. Now with Sidious, he didn't foresee the fact that Vader would turn on him. 
I mean, he had his suspicions and his doubts that Vader was becoming soft, and maybe Anakin Skywalker was starting to poke through finally after all these years, but he didn't expect Vader to actually do that, especially, especially when he was in the moment. When he was in the moment, he was firing all that force energy and the force lightning at Luke, and he was completely clouded. His anger itself was what clouded him, let alone Obi-Wan clouding it far before that for him to make the pivots and moves so as to not be in that position. Now the major power that Sidious had, you know, among many of them, all of his life was the ability to see into the future and to see into people's minds. He did this with Luke in Return of the Jedi, as he felt his mind as he stood before him, and he did it throughout the prequels when he manipulated the entire galaxy. This was a major player in how he dominated both sides of the war. He looked into the future with the Force and felt there were certain choices that could take him in different directions. It was kind of like he had a crystal ball that showed him what choices would yield better results, all the while being able to cloud the minds of the Jedi. With the Jedi Temple, in Legends that is, it's known that a Sith Temple was actually built underneath it thousands of years prior, and it was the Jedi's beliefs that if they built a Jedi Temple over top of it, that the good energy would cancel out the bad and the dark side would be trapped underneath it forever. It's a common fan theory that the Sith Temple was what helped cloud the minds of the Jedi and not just Palpatine alone, but I'll leave that for your theory to decide. When it comes to Force Ghosts, it's something I wish we would get to see more of. Just imagine this for a second. A show or movie or even animated that shows the path of Anakin Skywalker or Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda as he becomes a Force Ghost or heck, even Qui-Gon Jinn. Now Qui-Gon Jinn was one of the first Jedi to learn how to become a Force Ghost and he ended up teaching Yoda, who taught Obi-Wan, who taught Anakin and so on. Anakin was told how to transfer his essence into the Force at the literal last second upon death in front of Luke as Luke took Vader's mask off. Obi-Wan communed with him through the Force and told him to listen up fast and to do what he says or else he'll cease to exist. This is in the Rise and Fall of Darth Vader novel which explains just how he did it so quickly. It's pretty cool because it fills in a lot of gaps that we didn't know about. But it's, it's legends, but uh, I don't really care about legends to be honest because I feel like any book that was made during the time of George Lucas when it has to do with the six movies is canon to me that's something that can't be changed. That was something that was approved by Lucasfilm and George Lucas at the time and that's something that can't be altered. Now how Anakin did this with Obi-Wan's help so quickly was sort of a flick of a switch so to speak and Anakin was able to become one with the force. He donned the light side colored robes and manifested into his former form. Qui-Gon Jinn in the novel from a certain point of view didn't actually manifest his full form until just before A New Hope to Obi-Wan Kenobi where before that point he was just a mystical voice, mainly due to him not having completed his training from the Shaman of the Wills who we saw in the Clone Wars. They were these DT-like figures and funny enough the Wills were actually supposed to be in A New Hope. They were supposed to be watching the events of the Skywalkers on TV that took place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It was actually supposed to be a diary, so to speak, of these Wills observing the events of the Skywalkers. I feel like I've digressed a lot in this video, but I really love talking about this kind of stuff. I could turn this video into a several hour discussion. I just find this stuff pretty interesting. Now, the sequel trilogy in Episode 9 was supposed to cover the Wills as per George Lucas's sequel treatment, or at least that's, you know, what Disney told us when they were buying Star Wars. To which we all know now was not the case. He was to bring back Darth Maul and Darth Talon to fight Luke Skywalker, who had trained Jedi survivors of Order 66. This is confirmed by Paul Duncan, 
who wrote several books in Star Wars, including Star Wars Archives, Episodes 1 to 3, and Episodes 4 to 6, where he had an interview with George Lucas, I believe it was in 2019, so very recently, about the sequel trilogy treatment that he actually had, which to me sounds like a way cooler story. Let me know what you guys think about all of this. Hope you enjoyed this one. Leave a like if you did, and I will catch you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always.